Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Sprague. All right, guys, welcome to a very special episode of Somewhere in the Skies. And this is going to be a unique show, uh, one with guests unlike anyone we've ever had before. I am super excited to talk not only UFOs and aliens, but the supernatural and the paranormal. This will be both part of our main show and our Halloween series, a hybrid of sorts. And I am so excited to introduce you guys to the very first time on Somewhere in the Skies, Sybil and Rose, the Ghost Maidens. Ladies, welcome to the show. Hey. Hello. First and foremost, where are you guys joining us from today? Well, we are right now, we're in the Netherlands, which is a small country in Europe. (laughs) In a partial lockdown, so that happened again. Partial lockdown. Yeah, I I know the feeling well. It seems like every time we think uh, we're free and we're ready to go out into the world, something happens. Interesting times we're living in. Well, I guess kind of to to get an idea of who Sybil and Rose are. I mean, this is a first time for a lot of my listeners probably seeing, hearing you guys. So um, can you tell us a little about who you are, how you guys met, and uh, what the Ghost Maidens Collective is all about? Yeah, give us the rundown if you don't mind. Well, maybe we should start with our origin story. Yeah, it's real juicy. Now, me, me and Sybil, we were we met each other when we were working in the same restaurant. We uh, we met each other in the, as cooks. Yes, in a in a in a restaurant in the Netherlands, and we were flipping burgers. We were making a satay, which is, is like a colonial dish we inherited from our beautiful past. And um, yeah, so we worked together. And Sybil was an is an artist, and I w- I was. I just started my studies as a writer when we met and Sybil just finished in her, her master's art yeah, in a long time Italy ago, in Italy and then she moved to the Netherlands. And um, yeah, during, during our work in flipping burgers, we also talked about art and we made jokes about art. And then she invited me to her house and she so- showed me an episode of ghost adventures yes. because she was like Rose <laughs> You have to see this. This is ridiculous and beautiful. And then I watched it and I immediately fell in love with the with the paranormal pop culture genre. And ever since we have been spending all our free time uh, talking about the paranormal, watching horror movies. Yeah. Especially shitty horror movies, because there's just so much to say about those. And Emily in Paris as well. Another horror category. Not to be forgotten about. So And so, yeah, we started the Ghost Maidens. And I think the Ghost Maidens is basically just um, 
a name, a platform for everything that will go under the hood of the paranormal and pop culture. Yeah. So one day we will see each other. We will. We would love to make horror movies, but also we want. We want to do paranormal investigations. We want to make poetry. We want. We're all working on a music album. We're working on a series. Yeah. So this truly is a a artistic endeavor, a collective, like you said. I would. I would say it's. It's definitely that we're creating art, but it's also like an anthropological uh, approach to the whole paranormal phenomenon because yes. that's kind of like the mirror we like to use. Logical, performative research, more or less, mm-hmm. to our own culture, basically. Let, let's talk about that for a minute, your, your culture. Now, I know here in America, it's like Ghost Adventures is the prime example of like, Yo, dude, bro, I'm going to punch a ghost in the face. Like, they're all about it. Americans are so aggressive when it comes to, I think, uh, covering the paranormal and expecting something from a ghost or a spirit who owes them absolutely nothing. How is the paranormal or, I guess, the supernatural, uh, how is it viewed in the Netherlands specifically? I mean, is this something, will you see ghost hunting groups going to homes and investigating things like you would here in America? Well, definitely not. But maybe it's more interesting for Sybil to answer this question since she is from the United States and she's spent some time in the Netherlands now. So I think you are the best one to see the difference between (laughs) the two cultures. Yeah, I can see the difference. But of course, Rose has has grown up here. So she she has full knowledge on the... uh, the the historical background of Dutch people. But uh, yeah, Dutch people do not do the paranormal. They do not do the supernatural. They're very pragmatic, which is why I like them a lot, because they're very like down-to-earth pragmatic. Things make sense, uh, very logical. And uh, But then I also feel on the other side that we have like a treasure trove of possibilities because no one is doing this. Like No one is talking about it because... It's not necessarily that we need to know if someone believes in ghosts or not. We just need to know a general attitude towards people's mortality and how they feel about living their life, how they feel yeah. about their death, what what life means to them, what they leave behind. So, yeah, it's just a, like a kind of cultural study, really. Yes. And like the Netherlands, it has a very Protestant religious background. And in, in, in this religion, there's not much space for superstition. It's just... Our entire history is either non-religious because we've always been very welcoming to to any kind of religious. So we're a little bit like, um, what's the word for that? We don't really care what you believe, yeah. As long as you can do business, and um, so we we're not really very, we're not very superstitious, and it's also a little bit shameful to speak about uh, non-physical things because we are very um, materialistic. I think it's also why the Dutch invented capitalism, pretty much. But my experience is that every time you open the conversation about anything paranormal, people are first a little bit at at their guard, but then Mm -hmm. everyone is very eager once they feel safe talking about it. We're like, oh my God, I have an anecdote. I I think I I experienced this once before. So um, it comes out. I I think, I mean, even here in America as well, like it's hard. I mean, I, I... I remember when I first got interested in the UFO topic, I mean, I would not talk about it because the fear of ridicule and the stigma behind it. But, uh, you know, once you open that door, I feel 
people are so willing to share with you. And I think, you know, breaking that barrier and making it more of a cultural acceptance is important. And I think at least in today's world, the the UFO subject has become very popular, you know, with all these military things going on. But uh, would you say that things are getting better when it comes to the supernatural and paranormal? Like it's almost becoming okay to talk about it. Yeah. Although the aliens, I don't Mm -hmm. think in Europe you will find a lot of people who would, who would be like, yeah, aliens are there. Mm -hmm. Like ghosts. Yes. Demons maybe, but aliens we don't really encounter them here in Europe. <laughs> I think <they're> <laughs> too far with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No aliens yeah. in Europe. I know. Also, um, I'm, I'm like the alien skeptic of the two. It's like aliens. I oh, don't know. <laughs> I've got some alien questions that you guys actually brought to me because we talked off camera about like how we could approach this conversation, and I was so excited with some of these topics that you you brought to me because I think they're. There are questions that need to be asked of any of these topics uh, in terms of history and folklore and uh, and pop culture, like you said. So um, we'll definitely get to the alien questions, but I got to get my ghost stuff in while I have the ghost maidens here first. Um, I, I, I've noticed on your Instagram, you guys, you go to these very interesting locations, whether it's in the Netherlands or, or other areas in Europe and have gone into these places and possibly investigated. Do you actually, do you do paranormal investigation? Like what we see on TV? Like, are you going into these places and trying to like communicate with spirits or is this more of just something you want to go and experience and record uh, whether it's through images or yeah. How would a paranormal investigation, what does that look like to you too? Well, for us, just uh, communicating with the dead for us is just studying history, just looking at a painting, reading a book by a person that's passed away. I think that's the most effective way to communicate with the past. In terms of like, yeah, we do we do go to these places. We we are still editing our first episode of where we did like a real ghost hunt with like you know some equipment and stuff, but we don't like to get too scientific or technical we just like to use the basics yeah we're not looking for proof yeah so we do go to all these places but my my degree was in art history so i i love just i i think the past is is full of of things to learn and we we say that being haunted is just being charged charged with history charged with historical meaning yeah and i think like studying art and studying the the culture of of in, engaging with with uh, like ontological things, uh, engaging with metaphysics, in, engaging with the spirit world, we we still have to find our word for this. I think uh, it's one thing, but I think we are we are uh, researching the paranormal in from different perspectives yeah. to get like the most. Uh, well, universal perspective on the whole thing. If you if you if you see it from different perspectives, like from a socialistic, cultural, uh, maybe even scientific, yeah, and anthropological as, point of view, and as much some, performative, yeah, and as much sometimes yeah. you have to look at it as much as you can from outside your own culture because I think it's really hard for people to understand that like the way you think isn't necessarily 
universal. So you yes. also have to approach things from a complete outside perspective. And that's really hard uh, sometimes yeah. because you're trained to think in this way your entire life. You've been thinking a certain way. And, you know, like thinking about a ghost or a spirit means something probably quite different for us than most people because we think that you can haunt yourself. I mean, you can haunt yourself with thoughts, with behavior, yes. participation. I mean, food, you know? That's a really interesting uh, perspective. I mean, I, I'm currently living in Hawaii, which is part of the United States, but it's so different when you speak to a, a, a local, an actual Hawaiian here, you know, as a, you know, a, a white person from the mainland, yeah. I have very specific views and I guess preconceived notions about what a spirit is. Uh, nice. Yet when I come here and uh, I actually just uh, did an interview with a, a local storyteller of Hawaii legend and folklore. And oh. he told me, you know, like, it's just accepted that we speak to the dead or that we speak. And it's not even speaking to a spirit. It's literally like they never left us. The vessel is gone, but they're still there. And I, I, I love the idea that it's just, it's an everyday thing for a culture like uh, the indigenous people here. Don't you think it's also really fascinating that here in the West, we think that the best way to communicate with the spirit is by looking by using technolo yeah. like technology, like using science, which is like actually really crazy to me to to use these physical things to speak with something non-physical. Mm. And I think ghost maintenance is also a little bit about like let's let's use different like let's let's get a different approach. Let's just realize yeah. that we're from a culture that's extremely materialistic. And let's just realize that and not use that for the spirit world or something. Yeah, yeah. There's a time and a place for it. And I agree with you. I think uh, the approach of art in specific is something that really resonated with me when I learned about what you guys did. Because I, I myself am an artist. I, uh, I went to school for theater. As actors, we're bringing to life characters that may have been actual human beings and have died. Yet here we are, you know, resurrecting them time and time and time again. And it almost creates this energy of like a communion of sorts, I guess would be a good way to put it. And it's us remembering these people through art. So I'd love to get maybe a little better idea of what, what art means to you guys in terms of if you find, let's say you find a very old painting in a museum or at a uh an antique show what does that mean to you in terms of what is the story behind this and how can i infuse it into how i approach the paranormal i guess well, is a long-winded question yeah <laughs> i would say that the similarities between the paranormal and art is really close because we we use the same terminology like medium channel all of these same kind of like the artist as channeling something from above and this creative process that comes through us and we don't really know what happens or where it comes from. Yeah, inspiration is kind of like this thing from beyond, you know. So I think it's very, the, the two worlds are very much the same, especially in terms of like psychology and 
self-awareness and this this kind of thing in, in creation. And yeah, I guess looking looking at old paintings for me is yeah. Rose says it's like time traveling. It's the closest we can get to being a time traveler because we not only see the past as as you know how it could have been, but we also see how they saw the past, which is really yes. important. We can yeah. see you can see it from their own eyes, which yeah. is something else is just being a spectator. It's actually being them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like, you know, especially in the world of theater, when you're trying to uh, embody, I guess, the spirit of another person, you are almost possessed. Yeah. <laughs> it's a living, breathing possession, unlike what we see in the movies. If you look at the eyes yeah. of a performer, like a good performer, and he's really in the moment, he or she, then that's just, it's just... 100% the same thing as magic. I don't see any difference. We are looking for magic in the wrong places. Mm -hmm. that, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Well, I, th I feel like, and this is also a little bit like, uh, I think that we're getting closer to the ancient alien. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get there. We're definitely going to go there, yeah. Because uh, I feel like, especially like in, in I'm, I'm only speaking for Western culture now, like Europe, American, European, American culture, that we are seeing magic as something that is very otherworldly, like yeah. something that is just a miracle, basically, that is beyond our understanding. But I think the magic that is just right there always is just uh, an art piece that overwhelms you or a weird <laughs> synchronicity that, yeah. or a word that's following you around or just a strange happening in your life or an, an object you lost for a long time and... Like every time you feel this meaning in your life, every time you feel that, ah, this, this means something to me. Also, when we're in the restaurant and all of a sudden everyone comes in at the same time and orders the same thing and they're not sitting next to each other. Like that kind of stuff is oh, like we were totally normal, yeah. you know? And then you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah. coming at the same time and they all want the same thing. It's totally weird. It's like some weird cosmic string, like. And we always need yes, yeah. something that it was given to us by higher powers or gods or whatever. Well, why don't why don't we just give ourselves some credit? Yeah, we're pretty amazing, you know. Oh my god, I'm so happy to hear you say that because that <laughs> that does bleed right into the ancient aliens question. Exactly. You know, we have this television show that's been on for almost 15 years, and I must admit, I full disclosure. I have been on the Ancient Aliens television show. I would go okay. too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to take the opportunity when it comes. It brings up the same point of, you know, we, we look to an other for these incredible, amazing accomplishments we've had as human beings and think to ourselves, no, we're not capable of that. We were not smart enough. I do wonder, you know, these early thinkers of the ancient astronauts or ancient alien question, uh, why? Why do we have to look to another intelligence or advanced race to have intervened? I, I just, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on ancient aliens? Let's, let's get the brutal honest truth. What's with the, what's, what's the shame? Yeah, we were saying, why, why are people too... Hard, it's too hard for people to accept that we did it. Why do they want to put on it? Put it on aliens or something? Well, I don't. I don't have the answer to why 
why do I have the answer? You had you had a what was moment. It? You had what a moment. It? I, I got I get so angry from watching ancient <laughs> Egypt. So extremely angry. There was this one episode they were talking about the the mana, the the mana, the mana machine, a mana machine, and they were like, oh, they could only have built the pyramids. Uh, when they had a mana machine or something and it's like oh my god they're completely abusing a beautiful moment in art history where there was this writer who had a who had a beautiful symbol to express his his like oh my disbelief on how amazing these people were to make these beautiful things and they and this metaphor was just mind-blowing and then now there are people who are saying oh my god like completely neglecting art history like that it would, and yeah. they're just saying yeah. it must have been other. Uh, it makes me so angry. <laughs> I understand because again, we're putting technology back into the picture when in reality it's just it's it's, art. it's, it's art. Imagination. Yeah, it's creation, and yet let's put this technological uh, slant or angle to it. Uh, because it had to be aliens who used yeah. such highly advanced technology to create this. No, it, it was the no. ingenuity. It's us. It's us. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad we're on the same page with that, guys. Um, <laughs> let's say if aliens have visited our planet. I um, And that's still a big question for me, even as a alien and UFO researcher. Uh I think we we have done some incredible things throughout time, um, and I don't think we need to put aliens onto that all the time, uh, like the show does. But moving back to ghosts, I got one more ghost question for you, yeah. and then we're going to go full on alien. Um, all right, all right. I saw something on your Instagram recently, a question of can ghosts fall in love, and that really that really struck me. Can ghosts fall in love? And second of all. What is what does that mean? What does that mean to the two of you when you ask the question, uh, can a ghost fall in love? Or can you fall in love with the ghost? Let's go both yeah, ways. I think, like the other way around, I think that's yeah. all that's I think that was our approach to the question also, is that I think we all had celebrity crushes. Mm. And mm-hmm. like me myself, I have some plans, <laughs> let me tell you. Like I I have a weird I don't know, fetish. I mean, I don't know if I should share this, but I think I am. Like, I like, I like dead men, virtual men, or imaginary men. It's like, that's my type. But if you turn that around, like, maybe the dead, the virtual, and the imaginary can also like us. Well, I... Yeah, I mean, what, do you, what do you think? I do... Because, you know, when I'm when we're thinking about ghosts, I'm really thinking about, you know... The, the living more than I'm thinking about like uh, the energy left over of a dead person. But I mean, people can fall in love with ideas and mm-hmm. they can, they can fantasize about something their entire life and have it never really come true. So you can be in love with someone your entire life and it's only a projection. It's only an image, something that's happening within your own head and it has no place in reality. It's pure fantasy. I mean, everyone does this when they're in love at first, you, you, completely project yourself into another person and i think this is the same thing as being in love with a ghost so uh i think in terms of the opposite uh can an idea be in love with you i don't think so i think it's i don't think it's a mutual thing i think it's a one-way street Mm. yeah but you can also ask then you can also ask the question is love isn't love always imaginary yeah Right. It is this invisible force that I think kind of 
makes us insane. I mean, you, you think of when we are in love, we do things that are completely irrational. We have thoughts and feelings that we can never truly uh, interpret or convey. And I think you're right. I think it is so alien or supernatural in a way that we'll never understand what it is, just like we'll never understand what ghosts are or what, you know, possibly what UFOs represent. It's just, it's these, like you said, magical things that might not have an answer. And and that actually gives me comfort. I think that, yeah, absolutely. I'm so happy you asked that because I always get, I always get asked when I'm a guest is, uh, do you think you'll ever know the truth of what UFOs are or if aliens have come to our planet? And I say, no. I, and maybe that's sobering or uh, depressing for some people, but I don't. I don't think we're ever going to find those answers. But I don't care. I honestly don't. I love thinking about it. And I love keeping that, uh, those questions in my mind every day. And that's what keeps me going. Because I think if I found the answers... I'd be very disappointed possibly in what those answers are. They may not be as exciting as I hoped, but yeah. This is the same thing that drives artists as well. There's never going to be a point where you're like, Oh yeah, I figured it out. I'm done now. I'm done. That you chase for the rest of your life and you, you reshape it. It fits into different parts of your life. It has, it changes you, you change it. Like it's, it's a thing that you chase forever. It's, it's never, Truth is never like a solid object. What's up, guys? Ryan Sprague here, and I'm just dropping in to remind you about our Patreon campaign. Somewhere in the Skies is always free to consume, but it's not free to create. So if you want to help the show on a monthly basis, we have tons of rewards for you in return, including shoutouts on the show and website, bonus content and episodes, and free merch. Want to be my guest or pick a topic for the show? You can do that too. So if you'd like to learn more and to help support the show, visit patreon.com slash somewhere skies. Thank you and keep looking up. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I, I remember uh, reading a quote recently by a playwright uh, who wrote Angels in America, you know, the very mm-hmm. famous play, and uh, Tony Kushner. And he, this play is something like 30, 40 years old at this point. And he's been asked, like, are you done? Like, is this it? Because he is constantly rewriting the play. And he said, what do you mean done? Like, it's never done. And even a play that's been done all over the world in hundreds of languages, hundreds of productions, uh, he's still rewriting as time goes on. And I think that's what's beautiful about My poetry teacher says that you should not do that. (laughs) That I understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, why? Why do you think that is um, if theater is a living, breathing thing? You need to move on? Okay. Yeah. And I have one one question for you also. Um, Yes. Where are all the animal ghosts? Why don't people care about them? I've never even thought about that. No. That that makes... That makes me feel like a horrible person. I've never even thought about where animal ghosts go. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Afterlife ethics. Afterlife ethics. What is that? What does that mean to you guys? The ethics of the afterlife. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Same roles as the living. Well, we think it's really funny that somehow we expect the same rules in life to still apply to the afterlife, which is ridiculous like why it is. why should yeah. there be rules when we don't have bodies anymore because i think there's only rules because we have bodies yeah. like that's the only mm-hmm. only reason why there's rules in the world like eh, like eh, dumb flesh stops things you know if we die then why would there still be limitations i don't understand like this like politics even like no mm-hmm. dogs cats you have to keep your race. And no yeah. cows. Cows don't matter. I don't know. Cows don't matter. Neither do pigs. Apparently not. Yeah. Shows that the afterlife, how we see it, only is only a projection of the living. It has nothing to do with the dead. It's a mirror almost, yeah. Yes. I um that that's I, I want to get your thoughts on that when we get to the aliens as well. But um well let's move to that. So I mean Folklore, storytelling plays a large role in a lot of what you guys look at in terms of art history and, um, you know, and everything like that. So in the world of UFOs and aliens, we have both uh, ancient and modern folklorists talk a lot about fairies and uh, fae folk and how these could be what aliens are and like throughout history you know, that these encounters with these beings throughout history have changed and evolved. So I'd love to get your thoughts on uh, where does folklore play into this whole question of aliens? You know, these these big-headed beings with big black eyes that we see now, but were they always like that? What do you think? 
I think also this kind of uh, new imagining of, of folklore in terms of alien stuff is also like the Terence McKenna, you take enough drugs or mushrooms and you also start to see these sorts of like earth spirits, uh, like Google DeepMind, many eyeballed. I think it's just a new development in like techno folklore that's like these things have always been there. I mean, you go to a cave and you go deep enough in the cave and there's drawings all over the walls and like people, you know, with large heads and, and all sorts of weird stuff. And, and, you know, that's, that's where they went to go think about those things. And I, I guess it just depends on the context. Also take enough mushrooms and go to the wilderness and you'll probably <laughs> see some aliens. I've been on some yeah. mountain bikes yeah. where I wouldn't be surprised if I would run into a dwarf. Like yeah. <laughs> in Norway, every, every landscape looks like there's like a dwarf family living there. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. Right. Completely blends in. Well, that kind of, I guess, bleeds into my next question. Um, religion. I mean, this is, you know, a controversial thing for a lot of people, these dogmatic sort of, uh, I guess, principles, like you mentioned, something we self-impose on ourselves, whether it's belief systems or rules or commandments, blah, 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 blah. But uh, when it comes to the question of aliens, and um, I have spoken to so many people who have claimed having encounters with aliens or you know, possibly being abducted by aliens and going up on a ship or leaving their home and being somewhere else in another realm or plane. And uh, it kind of conjures images of like an out-of-body experience um, or being in contact with something like an angel or a demon. It goes both ways, I think. So what are your thoughts on the questions of... uh, Aliens and angels, I guess. Is there a connection? I think there is. I think they just deliver a different message. I think angels appear in a more more, um, moral context. I think an angel always comes to bring some kind of knowledge that you have to do something with, where, where an alien has a little bit the same, the same emotion of like, you're always in awe. There's always this, uh, what's this emotion? sublime like the sublime the sublime experience of of encountering and an, an, a being from above but i think that the alien has a more um like it's more uh a su- su- science i think it's mm-hmm. less metaphorical i don't know like I, i'm the, i think the, yeah but i think the morality that aliens tend to bring is also something about like climate change yeah. loving your planet you only have one Yes, but I would say that if this were the case and aliens were really concerned about like planet resources, that they would one hundred percent want to take the resources they find in the broad expanse of the universe because there's not that much around. So I would say that I would say yeah. if there are anything yeah. like the species that exists in the universe like us already, that we're pretty uh, resource resource thirsty. So especially mm-hmm. in terms of like water and and. Carbon. Well, you have a theory about aliens. Yeah, well, I think they're us from the future. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. You hit, like, all the alarms just went off for me for that. Um, And I do want to talk about that. But let's, um, one last thing going kind of off of the messages thing. You're right. I, I Again, all these individuals who I've spoken to who have claimed they were given messages by alien beings or angels or whoever or whatever 
they believe they communicated with is impending doom or, um, you know, basically like we say in America, like fix your shit, like get your act together. You're, you're ruining the planet. You're killing one another. You, you can't even like talk to someone because they're a different color. It's these messages of get your act together or you're gonna, you're gone. You're done. And I do wonder your thoughts on would they want our resources if they were here? Or do we play some role in a bigger picture of like, they're here for a reason? I wonder if uh, they even care. Yeah, I'm also like, always concerned about like, these these abduction stories. And they're also similar to like, you know, angelic kind of like outer body experiences, like you said, but I just wonder, like, how often these things would happen if there wasn't a culture kind of supporting alien mm-hmm. abduction, if there weren't all these movies being made about it, if there wasn't yeah. all this science fiction, which only really started, you probably know better than me, but only really started like after World War II and like when, when science really, the devastation of science uh, was really seen and felt and like, you know, dropping nuclear bombs and like this kind of like scientific anxiety. So I, I'm, I'm just always curious about like how much this alien myth would exist or these experiences would be reported without yeah. the culture, without the Western culture that goes with it. Because I don't think it's necessarily a, a completely universal phenomenon in the mm-hmm. way that like people in the West report it. But I, I don't know. I'm no, I'm no. Well, like definitely not because like for here in Europe, for example, I don't know of any, any UFO uh, ever being seen. Maybe like, I mean, Maybe there have been, but I think in Colorado, it's pretty common for people to yeah. see UFOs, I right? I saw something weird, you know? So we could we could think that maybe in yeah. Colorado, there's just more yeah. UFOs, or maybe in Colorado, it's more uh, accepted to see one. Yeah. There's a lot mm-hmm. of sky. There's a lot of satellites. There's a lot of And I think it doesn't really <laughs> matter which one of the two it is, because these encounters, I think, whether they're real or not, I don't really care about that. They're relevant. Because people have seen them and people have yeah. got a message from that. And yeah. I think that's yeah. th- that's that's relevant. It says something. The stories matter. So. Yeah. Yes. Every story has value. And I mean, I, I wrote a book all about the people who have had the experiences. Not how big was the UFO or like, what did the alien look like? Like, you're right. At the end of the day, I honestly don't give a shit. I, I want to know how it affected you and uh, how it affected your belief systems or your perception of the world and time and space and everything in between. Yeah. Um, Well, okay. So let's go down the route of uh, us from the future. I love, love, love this theory. Um, There have been encounters with UFOs and beings where people have said straight up, they told us they were us from the future coming back to either warn that. us of something. <laughs> so yeah, let's go. What do you what do you got for me? Time yeah, travel. Well, yeah, I think we're still fucking up in the future. So <laughs> yeah. I think we the technology always comes first, and then we're like, whoops, that didn't yep. really go so oh well. Sybil is such an optimist. She st- she thinks we're still going <laughs> to be here in a couple of thousand years because that's what it takes for evolution to 
yeah. shape our heads like that. And then we, we speak with telecommunication. Like, that's not so hard for me to imagine. We're already doing that through devices now. Like, without speaking, we're thinking thoughts in each other's heads. Like, that's pretty right. amazing. So I don't really think it's that far of a step until we just, like, put a little whatever in there. And then we start communicating yeah. with each other. And then we're like, you know what? We we need to get a hold of some really good, strong DNA. Uh, we need to go back in time here and here. Uh, I wonder. Mm-hmm. I actually wonder if uh, alien abductions uh, decreased or increased during 2020. I'm very curious about that. That's <laughs> blood, yeah, really. or something. And then they're like, "That's a really good, <laughs> good, strong genetic material. We got to go back and get it." I don't know. I don't know what happened in the future, but if it's anything like this here, I, this is only the tip of the iceberg. It's like know. the new coronavirus that like. <laughs> Yeah, Tell me about it. I well, I I do wonder that when people describe these beings, they look very. I don't want to say devolved because that's condescending, but uh, they look non-human as as we see humans. They look androgynous. They look uh, like their heads are big, but their bodies are small. So, like you said, there's probably more going on in the brain than like in the body, and they they communicate telepathically. So, is it us? you know, a thousand years from now, coming back to see what we were then. I don't know. I used to, I used to study biology for like four years. So I've got opinions about this, but it's, it's not, it's not a necessarily uh, widespread thing that things are supposed to have symmetrical bodies, you know, two eyes, two nostrils, one mouth. Like this is very, very central to earth. So like, Mm -hmm. Just mm-hmm. look at the bottom of the sea, and there's some crazy life forms down there. So, and like seventeen arms, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. I I always tell people like, stop looking for stuff up there. Like, yeah. all the stuff is down in the ocean. Like, I think we should be spending a lot more resources and time and money into what's in our deep seas than what's in our deep skies. And that's coming from a UFO alien guy. Yeah, so that's something. exactly and if the aliens are coming like if the aliens are coming to save us now would be the time i think uh but they have chosen not to they wouldn't just like waiting for angels they're like they don't care about your sports award they don't (laughs) yeah well i guess kind of wrapping up here what would you give advice to those who want to look into these things but are afraid to like you said a lot of this is not embraced where where you live and other parts of the world where, again, here in America, like we are aggressively proud of every weird thing we do. What would you give? What kind of advice would you give to those who want to get involved in the paranormal or uh, UFOs and everything? All this weird stuff we talk about. Well, first of all, stop confusing it with science. Uh, ghost hunting is not science well i wouldn't say thinking it is science i would say maybe using science to to get there because it's it's totally a bi-culture basis like every culture is different and i would i would look at the factors inside of your own culture and their own beliefs about the afterlife and and mortality and, and and the past because you have to be able to put yourself in a position of knowing about the past and also what you're going to contribute to the future of it. So 
I'd say that you should know a little bit of history before yeah. you get started in the paranormal. You should know, uh, you know, you should have some important. I think you should just care ideas. about philosophy. There should be the, some of that. Yeah. I, th I think in the end, it's 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 a philosophical it's a philosophical philosophical hobby. In the end, like this is a very old tradition of mostly Greek men contemplating the uh, fundamentals of reality which is, um, it's philosophy. Yeah. It is. And I know that a lot of scientists out there believe philosophy is dead, which I would argue not a chance in hell. Like you as a scientist, your job is also to be a philosopher. Oh my God, artificial intelligence? We need some fucking philosophers for that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess kind of wrapping things up here, guys, tell us about what you have going on. No, I know your Patreon is very popular. This is kind of where you live and breathe a lot of what you do, yeah. you know, outside of the music, which I want to hear about as well. But uh, tell us about, a little about what you do over on your Patreon feed. Yeah. So we're all, uh, we put basically our full versions of the things that we do there. So uh, we're still in the process of making videos. So that's, we've been doing this for about a year and a half. And I would say that a good portion of it has been with Corona around so like that's that's changed things a little bit but yeah we put most of our uh full-length things on patreon and then we also have a lot of other weird categories for example you can choose the eternal possession category and we we uh i'm i'm trained as a classical portrait painter so i will paint your portrait and rose will write you a love poem And uh, we have other ones where we do dream and symbol interpretation of your dream, you know, whatever dream, something, something weird that's happened to you. We basically listen and, and give our advice. But you can also become like a, a what's the name, like the, the small lover? Here. Yeah, yeah, the spooky supporter. Yeah, and then symbol she painted uh, our eyes. Yeah. And uh, you will get a, a small charm with our lover's eye. You can, you can put it on a necklace. Have like these mm -hmm. little haunted art objects that we made ourselves. Uh, also, they came from the the Georgian period, the lover's eye. So it was like this kind of secret portrait, um, mm -hmm. and that you would wear, and it would be a secret of your lover, or maybe an object of mourning. Uh, it could be a, like a death object, and we put a little mm -hmm. spell on it to make it extra magical. Yes. So it's both of our eyes. I painted. I painted both of them, and then we we have like. Yeah, we have little gifts or, or like readings, paintings. Yeah, you can even become our supporter for like $2 a month and just see all of our full-length things and inspire us, communicate with us. We'll even make a performance based off of a conversation. So, what, Now, what is, uh, what is this go on a date with the ghost maidens thing? What is this? It's death over dinner. Yeah. If you become our patron for, I think, ten, five, five, five a month, then um, we would love to know what your perspective perspectives on the paranormal are. And then we will mm -hmm. make you your uh, like your last meal, like what you would have for your last meal. We will make it for you. And then we, would we were in it. the kitchen, huh? And then we <laughs> would eat sense. it while yeah. we get to know each other so that we can start... Talk friendship. To, yeah, talk about mortality. I think that's the most down-to-earth, exciting, philosophical, honest conversation you can have with someone. You get to yes. know a lot about someone, yeah. People are afraid to talk about it. Yes, very good right. point. I think... Uh, we have. Let's talk about it. Yeah. 
It's it's also the only thing we all have in common, right? I mean, we can have different beliefs and we may think aliens are real or ghosts are real or not, but at the end of the day, we all die. And it's something we should confront and, I guess, embrace, right? Yeah, just do the dance macabre. We're all going <laughs> to Exactly, exactly. Well, I know where I'm going after this. I'm going to go join the Patreon because I love what you guys are doing. I know this is not the last time. Yes, yes. I want to know more about aliens. We're going to do a part two of this, I think, because we got we have so much more to talk about. But um, I know it's getting late there. We're almost 12 hours apart. You're getting ready to wind down. All right. <laughs> Doesn't matter anymore. Time is time is but relative, I know. Um, but before we go, where can we find everything you guys are up to? And uh, yes, where can we find the Ghost Maidens? Well, we're on YouTube. So uh, just, yeah, just type in the Ghost Maidens on YouTube. We're on patreon.com slash the Ghost Maidens. There's a the, very important. People forget the the, the Ghost Maidens. <laughs> and then we're also the Ghost Maidens on Instagram. And... On Halloween, we'll be doing our very first Twitch appearance, Ooh. and we'll be wearing our Halloween costumes, and they're going to be completely ridiculous. It's going to be thrown on the pop <laughs> culture, all right, yeah. with an emphasis on pop. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. If you go to Instagram, the Ghost Maidens, there's also a link tree there. And yeah, there you can you find will, everything there. You can find everything there. And also on Twitch, we're the Ghost Maidens. But the easiest thing is if you have Instagram already, you can find all the links in our bio. The Ghost Maidens. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me today on Somewhere in the Skies. Happy Halloween season, and we yes. will definitely talk soon. All right, see you soon. is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.